Hi, welcome back. We have such an interesting and important topic to talk to you about today, and that's negative self-talk. But before we get into it, I want to talk to you about one of the partners that makes self-service possible, and that's ZipRecruiter. I recently went through the process of hiring some new staff at Girlboss, and honestly, it was really hard. There's so many talented, smart people out there looking for jobs, but sometimes it's hard to find them, and waiting for them is just a massive drag. Enter ZipRecruiter, the platform that allows you to find the right job candidates for you. They learn what you're looking for and basically identify the people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. They spotlight the strongest applicants that you receive, so you really never miss a great match. And because it's that easy, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And right now, my listeners can try it. ZipRecruiter for free. I repeat, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash girlboss. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash girlboss. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Self-service is your cosmic comfort zone, an inner beauty school where self-care is celebrated, where getting real with emotions is a treat, and an interest in thoughtful, funny conversations, weird wellness, and astrology is unabashed. It's where being a little self-indulgent isn't just a shame-free act of love, it's a necessary launch pad into a life that's wholly ours. In a world where we feel good about taking up space. Here, we serve our hearts. We learn. We talk shit. We grow. And we tune the F up. Hi, how's your Sunday going? Mine's going well. I'm Jericho the editorial director at Girlboss, and I'm on a journey of self-care, and I insist on dragging you along for the ride. Today, we're going to talk to psychologist Dr. Lauren and beloved astrologer Jessica Lanyardo, because with our powers combined, we form a psycho-spiritual golden triangle of learning. But let's talk about today's topic first. We've had some questions come in asking about negative self-talk that's the voice inside you that's not actually yours it's kind of societies (laughs) it's the messages you've consumed it's the criticism you were given at a young age it judges you it doubts you it tells you you're not good enough and when it comes to practicing self-care it might even say why bother or I'm too busy personally I find that the more time and space that dark voice is given in your mind the stronger it grows And I know it happens to everyone, I dare say, to women and minorities the most. Let's look at what we can do to change it. But first, we're going to pull a tarot card. I like doing this because I feel like it gives us a quick look at what the week might have in store for us, or at the very least, something to ponder And we can learn a little bit about the amazing symbolism and wisdom of the tarot as well. So if you're wondering, I've been using the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck, which is my favorite. It's also like the most popular or the most classic tarot deck that you can find. 
It was designed in Brooklyn in 1910 by a woman of colour called Pamela Coleman-Smith. And her nickname was Pixie, which is super cute. So anyway, here's our card. Our card is the Nine of Cups. So if I could sum up this card briefly, I would say personal satisfaction, comfort, emotional abundance, self-worth, inner happiness. It's definitely a blessing, um, at least on the surface, because it says that you're going to get what you wish for. So the question becomes really, what do you wish for right now? What inner truths want to reveal themselves to you so we can work towards like our purest and truest version of hashtag blessed? Not necessarily the most obvious one, but the one that's in our highest good, if you know what I mean. Because to find that purest truth behind our wishes, we might have to shed a few untruths that we've been carrying around this week. It's only really through leaving things behind emotionally that we can let our cup be filled up again with new and better things. When we know our true worth underneath all the distraction, we can really protect our energy. We can nourish ourselves we can treat ourselves, we can feel like we have everything we need and that we're fully satisfied. And I feel with like with that in mind, that's all within your grasp this week. So good luck. Now we're going to talk to Dr. Lauren, Dr. Lauren about that old negative self-talk. So this is a big one. We could definitely be more than one episode, but consider this your introduction into negative self-talk. So Dr. Lauren, psychologist extraordinaire, is here with us. Hi, Dr. Lauren. Hey, Jericho. What is negative self-talk? What's What are we talking about when we say that? You know, a lot of times people, you know, every single human being has both a positive and negative thought voice. Like, I'll give you a couple of examples, right? So like when I was in kindergarten, I remember being super excited because I got the lead in my school play. Like this is legit kindergarten. So I was probably about five years old and I have like, this is one of my first memories. Mm -hmm. So I was going to be the purple dinosaur who gathered vegetables made of cardboard from my classmates on stage, okay? (laughs) So I remember being like, oh my God, Mrs. Callis, my teacher, thinks I'm super special because I got the lead and this is awesome. And so that was my positive voice being like, whoop, whoop, like I'm awesome. Then I saw the costume and it was like this big, humongous purple dinosaur. And my negative voice immediately said, oh my God, Mrs. Callis did not think that you were special. The reason that you got this part is because you're big. So you just got so excited, you idiot. And you shouldn't have been excited. You should have been embarrassed because the reason that you are the big purple dinosaur is because you are big. Mm -hmm. That would be an example of positive versus negative thought voice. So my positive thought voice was saying like, woo, woo, you're special. Mrs. Callis loves you. That's why you're the lead. My negative thought voice said, oh, don't go so quickly there, sister. You're not special. You're fat. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we all have both a positive and negative thought voice. Those of us with low self-esteem or mood dysregulation or anxiety, things like that, we have a negative thought voice that's more vicious and more vocal than others. Every single human being has up to 70,000 thoughts a day. And those of us with the negative thought voice, we do have positive thoughts, but we focus more on the negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so those negative thoughts typically have about three themes. And those themes come from our core belief system. Mm -hmm. So let me just tell you about that real quick. So our core belief system, every human being has a core belief system. We all have core beliefs about ourselves, other people, life in general, and the future. Okay, so we get our core belief system from our environment. So what's the environment? The environment is anything in our world that's not us. So 
it's media. You know, it's everything we see on TV, billboards. It's from our parents. It's from our brothers and our sisters and our friends, our neighbors, the lady that works at the supermarket, you know, our football coaches, our dance teachers, everybody. Um, that's our environment. And that's where we, we, we adopt our core belief systems from them. Now, here's the deal. All of them are human. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're all just trying to figure this out. Nobody has it all figured out. And so when we get our core beliefs from all of these people, and we kind of like make up our own. We're saying, I am, people are, life is, the future is. And a lot of times those core beliefs are faulty. Mm-hmm. So when I looked back, I, I saw that my core beliefs were I'm overrated. I'm stupid. I'm ugly. I'm big. When I'm looking, and then I also had other ones that were positive. You know, you can have a mishmash of positive and negative. But when I looked at the core beliefs, that's what was fueling my negative thoughts. And I'm not unique. Like this is all researched and, you know, this is all like, well-documented cognitive behavioral therapy strategies and things like that. So our core beliefs dictate our negative thoughts. There's usually three themes. So what I would tell people is this. I want you to write down, I am blank, I am blank, I am blank. People are blank, people are blank, people are, life is, life is, life is, future is, the future is. And I want you just to fill in those blanks, brainstorm. Write as many of them as you possibly can. And I want you to see how many of them are faulty. When you then, look at your negative self-talk and you see what your negative thoughts are that make you feel icky, you're going to see that they're tied to those faulty core beliefs. And then we're going to have to change those up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's like the simplest or maybe like the first thing that somebody can do to counteract those negative thoughts? Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, our thoughts move so quickly. Like I said, there's, we have up to 70,000 of them a day. And so our thoughts move so quickly. So a lot of times we can't grab it at the thought level, but we can grab it on the feeling level. So Thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to action. If you're doing something that you don't want to do or you're not doing something that you do want to do, you have to go check your feelings. When you're feeling down and out, you're feeling sad, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling frustrated, anything that you're feeling, you have to immediately go to what am I thinking? Because nobody all of a sudden feels anything. It's not like, whoa, I'm sad. Like it's not like slipping on a banana peel. Mm-hmm. It's not like, whoa, anxious. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't come that way. There's always a thought first. Yeah. So I want you to go and look at your thoughts, right? And then we stop the thoughts. So if it's like, I'm so stupid or nobody here likes me or I don't know anybody or I look, whatever it is, you're going you're gonna to look at the thought and you're going to write it down. The reason that you write it down is not because we want to focus on it, but we need to identify what the, what the faulty thinking looks like. Mm-hmm. And then we can change it because I can tell you that with myself and with everybody that I see, you know, all the girls and women, there's never a time that they're actually true. Yes. <laughs> you know, you look at them and then you, you gather the data and you're like, wait a second. Like, this is kind of bullshit. And most of the time, our negative thoughts as girls and women come from the social norms that we receive, the social messaging that we get from the time that we're born to be thin and attractive, to be accommodating and all of that great stuff that we hear on a daily basis that really screws us up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so, so thought stopping is important. Thought stopping is important. (laughs) I love it. And I can't wait to do that exercise. Thank you so much as always. People can follow you on Instagram at Dr. D-R double underscore Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. And also at HeyLauren.com, right? Yep. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jericho. Up next, Jessica is going to explain in simple terms, what Saturn return means in astrology. But you know me, I want to talk about undies. So Valentine's Day is upon us and you might be for, you might be against, but either way, you could probably do with a nice pair of undies and me too. 
MeUndies matching pairs make a unique gift for someone you love, including yourself. Personally, I really do believe they're the most comfortable undies you could ever own. Matchy matchy, comfortable undies in fun prints are honestly the gift that keeps on giving, especially when they're made from literally the softest materials on planet Earth. It's three times softer than cotton. So don't dish out the same old chocolates or whatever. Check out MeUndies.com and find the best match for your match or matches. We're not the relationship cops. MeUndies guarantees you'll love your matching pairs so much or you'll get your money all the way back. So right now, MeUndies has an exclusive Valentine's Day offer just for my listeners. For any first-time purchases, when you pick up MeUndies matching pairs, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. But make sure you order by the 5th of February. So to get 20% off your matching pairs, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash self-service. That's MeUndies.com slash self-service. This will be the best Valentine's Day gift you ever give slash receive. MeUndies.com slash self-service. Okay, so Horoscope Fiends, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Jessica Lenyato is back with us. Hi. Hi. Thanks again for having me. You're so welcome. How are you going? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's this question that's been bugging me, and I feel like it's probably bugging a few people listening if they're in their 20s, which is probably everybody. Um, <laughs> so if you can tell us once and for all, that would be great. What is the deal with Saturn Return? Oh my God, I'm so happy you asked because as a triple Capricorn, Saturn is my jam. Saturn is the ruling planet of Capricorn. So the Saturn return is a really big deal in every human's life. And it happens multiple times over the course of your life. So the first Saturn return happens around 28, 29 years old, and it marks when you become an adult. And the the reason why that is, is because Saturn is the planet that governs time, but it also governs maturity. And so basically what happens, and I don't want to get too much in the weeds of it, but basically what happens is every seven years, Saturn makes a meaningful aspect to itself. So a conjunction is, it means it's sitting on top of it. uh, And then there's like a bunch of others. So when Saturn returns to uh, its natal placement, it's called the Saturn return. It means Saturn is sitting on top of the exact degree that it was when you were born. And it is the closure of the cycle of development where essentially you are told what you are and you respond. And it's the opening of a new third year cycle of development that will close around 60 years old, right? Like at the end of your 50s, 60, where you go into the world and you say, and this is what I am. Listen up, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so from an astrological perspective, when you're in your 20s, you're still in an extension of your childhood because what you're essentially doing from 21 until your Saturn return is you are reacting to your childhood. You're reacting to the people that you grew up around, whether they were the adults or the kids. You're reacting to what you were told you could be or what you you were told you were. And what happens is for a year or two building up to your Saturn return, you start to feel like you're running out of time, like everything is falling apart, like you don't know who you are or who your people are. And Then when the Saturn return actually happens, people, you know, historically have like gotten married, gotten divorced, had kids, go back to school, graduate. It's like these big adult things. 
And it's intense. And the reason why it's hard is because it confronts us with the ways we have not been living in self self appropriately. So that's why everybody has a rough time during their Saturn return is because everybody makes concessions because we think we have to. And the Saturn return tries to teach you, no, you don't. Be whole. Uh, don't be her or him, basically. And what's really exciting to me about the Saturn return is that so it happens and you bust your ass and you work really hard to become your adult version of yourself and then it passes. So the Saturn return can technically last, you know, the transit itself anywhere from a month to about a year. It depends on your chart and what's happening in the sky at this moment, the moment of your Saturn return. And then you go into the integration phase. So, you know, it's intense and it's tumultuous and then things kind of get back to normal and they stabilize until you hit your Christ year, which is 33. And, oh God. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I <laughs> thought of you. I thought of you. So the Christ year is thusly named by, uh, because it's like for the double trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And TBH, uh-huh. I know very little about uh, Jesus and his stories, but I do know that one thing and that his whole, the whole like Jesus story is it, it ended at his Saturn return, right? Right. Yeah. And so the the thing about the Christ year is you're when you're 33, it's almost like all that stuff you weren't dealing with because you were being forced to by Saturn. It kind of comes back for you and it demands that you deal with it. So to all of you listening who are 30, 31, 32, and you're kind of like disassociated from whatever heavy shit you were going through during your Saturn return. Remember my words and do your homework because 33 can be an amazing year or it can be a year of like striving and labor. And labor is not bad, but it's not most people's first choice. Wow. Oh, my God. Lots of food for thought there. (laughs) Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay, and what about this week? What's going on between the 4th and the 10th? Well, there's a couple transits going on from the 5th until the 7th. Um, We have Venus, sweet, sweet Venus in Aquarius, forming a sextile to Uranus, which is just really great for actually shopping if you're trying to get something new for your wardrobe. It's a great time. Yes, we all need we all need something new. Um, It's a great time for meeting people for just like putting yourself out there and connecting. If you're an artist or somebody who's creative, this can just be a time where you feel inspired and where there's like a more dynamic flow of creativity. From the 9th through the 11th, we have the sun also in Aquarius forming a square to expansive Jupiter. So this is a great time to be careful not to overspend your money and not (laughs) to take on more than you can handle. Jupiter is, is kind of like the gambler of the zodiac. And so a hard aspect from Jupiter can often be lucky where things come together, or it can just be a time where you get lit and you can't remember what you did the night before or you spend too much money online or whatever. But, you know, when I was studying the astrology of this week, I was really noticing how there's so much um, uh, lunar aspects. There's so many lunar transits, rather. And what I was really thinking about is next week, we're going to have a solar eclipse, which we'll talk about when we meet up next week. But this is really a time to think about your emotional maturity, And this is a really good week, as much as possible, to check in and make sure that you're you're responding to your own emotional maturity, that you're responding out of integrity instead of responding to 
pettiness or just letting yourself kind of function at the level of the most annoying people around you, because that is actually a little bit of a risk this week. And on its own, in terms of the astrology of this week specifically, it's not a big deal. But if we look at it in the context of the larger things that are happening, um, it is a bigger deal. So to really notice how you're responding and making sure that you're really acting out of integrity um, might mean that you move through things slower. It might mean that you do a little less in the external and you do a little more in terms of self-care and self-reflection. And if you do that, you will be justly rewarded, I say. <laughs> I'm sorry for <laughs> saying it like a jester, but I do say it. <laughs> I love it when you're a jester. Oh, good. I- I'll probably pull it out again. I, I kind of identify half Muppet, so. Amazing. Yeah, that much. was enlightening. Thank you so much. Where can people find you online? On the magic of the internet, you can find me at my website, which is lovelenato.com. Or you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at lovelenato. And the way to spell my last name is... Oh, can I try and spell it as oh, fast yeah. as oh, I can? Take, okay, take I'm gonna, the challenge. I'm going to get it right this time. L-A-N-Y-D-O-O. Uh, maybe. I'm not sure if you said it right. It's L-A-N-Y-A-D. Is that what you said? Lanyado. I missed an yeah. A. Oh my yeah. God. It's weird. You know, my father is, he's kind of a liar. And he told me when I was growing up that there were three men who met in the desert. Lan, Ya, and Do, and do or Do. And that they decided <laughs> to merge their names. I don't know why he made that story up. But, uh... It's what he said whenever I asked about the origin of our name. And uh, sometimes I tell that story to people so that they can have an easier time remembering my name. So I've now shared it with you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Talk to you next week, Jessica. I can't wait. Take care. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. I can't believe we've done four episodes already. It's really cool. You can follow me at jericho.mandyburr. If you're wondering how to spell that, it's J-E-R-I-C-O dot M-A-N-D-Y-B-U-R. And you can also follow at Girlboss and at Girlboss Radio if you don't already. And if you're liking self-service, please rate, review and share. And use the hashtag self-service podcast to hit us up with all your burning questions and comments. Thank you so much. You're an angel. Bye.